You're gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's a liar. You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Get away from her, you bitch. Trust your instincts. Don't think. Just do. You think up there, you're dead. Believe me. Cinematic leave. Hi and welcome to Cinematic Leap, a movie podcast where we apply six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Each week we'll watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director or crew member from this week's movie to choose our next movie. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Michael Thompson. Come on, Mav, do some of that pilot shit. <laughs> nice. And Glenn Greening. I have to say, I wasn't expecting an invitation back here. No, I can't remember it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't an invitation. It was an order. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, of course. Ah, stuff. Anyway, gentlemen, how are we? Good. Your your reputation precedes you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is uh, recording two together yeah. of this weekend, which is nice. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll sneak in a third at some stage, mm-hmm. but see how our, the planets align. But I was very excited when you picked Maverick because um, Mel Gibson... Is great in that role, and um, you know the you know scamming people playing cards. I love it. Yeah, that's a that's a good. Film, it's actually. not how I remember it. No, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember planes in it. I thought it was like the Wild West. No, it was a bad film. Yes. So obviously, yes, we are doing the film Top Gun Maverick, uh, which is a 2022 action drama film, and is the sequel to the 1986 film Top Gun. It is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, stars Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, and Jennifer Connolly. Co-stars Glenn Powell, John Hamm, Charles Parnell, Bashir Saludin, Ed Harris, Val Kilmer, and Monica Barbaro. Uh, had a budget of 170 to $177 million. How much do you reckon this made? I don't know how much I made. You said you were going to talk about record-breaking film or something. Well, I think this might be the... I think this is our biggest film that we've ever done. I think only possibly Jurassic Park might get close. I mean, we'll get to other bigger films. I know, do you want me to say how much it Yeah, what? how much did it make, Michael? $1 billion. Uh, it's actually $1.496 billion. Oh, look, it's no Barbie, but it's pretty good. Well, how much did Bar- Barbie? Was Barbie's it? cracked $2 billion, I think. Shit. Yeah. And I they can still take haven't us, got my money yet. I can so. take us to Titanic. Did that, is that better? That's probably Titanic old. was pretty big, yeah. Anyway, critics. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has an uh, approval rating of 96% from critics, 99% audience score, which I think is also probably our highest. Uh, critic consensus, Top Gun Maverick pulls off a feat even trickier than a 4G inverted dive, delivering a long-belated sequel that surpasses its predecessor in a wildly entertaining style. Hmm. Metacritic, 78 out of 100 from the critics. Audience score, 7.5. And IMDb has an average rating of 8.3 out of 10. How, how tricky is a 4G, what was it? 4G? Inverted dive. Yeah. How Can tricky you? are they? Because, I mean, I dropped my phone from uh, the second floor and it's 4G and it, <laughs> it's not hard to do. Yeah, and I'm sure it fell upside down. It so. flipped around a lot. Yeah. It's oh, <laughs> very easy. Uh, God. Pete Hammond of Deadline... Hollywood called the sequel better than the original movie. The New York Times-based critic A.O. Scott called it a thin, over-strenuous, and sometimes very enjoyable movie. 
and an earnest statement of the thesis that movies can and should be great. Uh, Peter Bradshaw wrote in The Guardian that Cruz presides over some surprising differences from his first outing as the Navy pilot hotshot in a film that's missing the homoerotic tensions of the 80s original, which is true. There is a lot more women in this film. I mean, two. No, four. There's four women. How many were in the first one? Just the one? I think pretty much. Or two. No, nah, yeah, Meg Ryan was in it. Yeah, Meg Ryan and uh, what's her name? Kelly McGillis. Mm. So he had doubled the females in the film. Mm. They did well. Uh, Al- uh, Alonzo Geraldo of The Rap wrote that the movie counts as a worthy sequel in that it succeeds and fails in many of the same ways as the original. Uh, Entertainment IE's Brian Lloyd, four-star review, said the film exceeds with flying colours and exists in a world that is all of its own making. There are golden sunsets, perfectly crisp white T-shirts, exquisitely quaffed hair and long-held <laughs> flames of romance that make it all impossible to resist. Uh, oops, and wrong button. And lastly, Clarice Laurie, chief editor of The Independent, wrote the film is as thrilling as blockbusters get. It's the kind of edge-of-your-seat fist-pumping spectacular that can unite an entire room of strangers sitting in the dark and leave them with a wistful tear in their eye. Which I mm. thought was nice. Uh, Did you so, have a wistful tear, Scotty G? Oh, I reckon. I, yeah. I don't know. No, not really. I'm, no. not a, I'm not much of a crier in, in terms of films, but I'm not going to lie. There was about four or five times where I got genuine goosebumps. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. So it's about as emotional I get in films. Uh, Leaper, John Roche, who was the sound director for both this, which I think we all admit pretty handy, mm-hmm. uh, and Happy Gilmore, which was our last film. And this was the last of my threesome, yeah. three films. That did not include Die Hard. Or some gangster film. So no. Again, or Rocky. No. You know, very... Sp- I, look, I skipped over some of my, like some, some of my very favourites. In fact, I think I skipped over four of my top ten films hmm. of well, all time. I just want to be sure that you're not regretting not doing that. No, because I think... the third time in a row. No, because this is actually... This would fit into my top ten now. Oh, there you go. I would say. Hmm. Um, I wanted to get to this film. I think it's good that we do newer some newer films, um, some films that maybe people haven't done podcasts on. Um, so we can give our perspective before I guess others do. But yeah. I don't know. It's a recently, re- you know, recently re- uh, released film. You know, one point, yeah, basically one and a half billion dollars it made. So billion thought, dollars. So let's have a chat about it. Like yeah. it's and it's just a really fun film, mm. which I think yeah, you get a few people together. It's just easy to watch. So that was why I chose it, and I, no regrets at all. I'm glad that I chose my three. I've really enjoyed my three films, and I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to chatting about this one. Excellent. So, what were your thoughts, Michael, when I chose this film? Um, Did you think I was going to go down the rocky path? Oh, yeah, for a minute there. It's like, you know, because um, you were talking about films I hadn't seen. And it's like, oh, shit, this is all the gangster films. This is all Rockies. I'm, I'm stuffed. I'm screwed. Yeah, I hadn't. I didn't know that you'd seen this mm. film. Um, you know, well, it's an action film. And, you know, I guess there's a remake that, you know, of Top Gun. I wonder, actually, if those critics that said this is better than the original had actually watched the original recently or if they've just gone back to their past notes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, did they watch it first and go, "Oh, that's Top Gun. Ooh, this is better." I must admit, I haven't gone back to watch the original. I was going mm. to before I went and saw this, um, but I watched that so many times as a kid that I, I reckon I probably could, rec- I nearly could have recited it word for word at one stage. But I still have really good memories of it, um, so I, I might go back to it one day. Mm. But yeah, so I don't know. But yeah, no, I guess I was like, you know, yes, not one of those. Mm. <laughs> Glenn, your thoughts? Um, you hadn't seen this. I hadn't seen this. Um, 
and I hadn't seen Top Gun really till recently. So uh, I'm not like, don't have that nostalgia factor for me. Um, I didn't really care much for it when it came out. I wasn't interested in seeing it. So I probably wouldn't have seen it if it wasn't picked for this. Um, but you just gave me a scare when you said your leaper and I was like, oh no, I think that's my leaper. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. Oh. Um, but we'll get we'll get to the end of the episode and figure out what's going to happen. But I just had a quick look at your leaper and he also did the sound for Maverick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh shit! So we could <laughs> we could go. We, well, we could have gone there. Mm. Wrong. I could have gone the wrong Maverick. That would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah. Lucky we're all together, so we watched the right film. Otherwise, mm. you might have gone on a tangent, Glenn. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, very good, Michael. It's time for the uh, trailer. I do believe. Here we go. Thirty plus years of service. Combat medals. Citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion. You won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. What is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. inevitable maverick you kind of set it for extinction maybe so sir but not today there's a there's just a lot of jets flying in this trailer oh there's <laughs> it? not a lot of talking going on swish 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 <laughs> All right, I guess it's time for the um, for the synopsis, Scotty G. All right. Well, visually, it would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's imagined planes. <laughs> I'm just going, that trailer looks right. We'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine planes flying around. Dog well, fighting. All right. So I get to do the final synopsis of my three, and then it's over to Glenn to take on pretty much all the work from here on in. Mm. Uh, obviously, as always, there will be spoilers. So if you have not seen this film and you don't want to spoil it for you, please pause the pod, watch the film. Very enjoyable film. Come back, listen to our review. That said, you've had two years. <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> so it's actually a legitimate spoiler warning. Mm. Like usually it's like it's been 30 years. Yeah. It's been 15 years. You could have seen this, uh, but no, it's only it's 2022. It's, and it's on Netflix, so you should be able to see it. Mm. All right. 
more than 30 years after graduating from Top Gun, United States Navy Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell is a decorated test pilot whose repeated insubordination has kept him from flag rank. When Rear Admiral Chester Hammer Kane plans to cancel the hypersonic Dark Star scramjet program, it's hard to say, uh, Maverick is that Maverick is testing on the grounds that it has not reached the contract specification of Mark 10. Maverick unilaterally changes the target speed for the day's test from Mark 9 to Mark 10 and commences the test early in order to prove Kane wrong. During the test flight, Maverick successfully reaches Mark 10 in the Dark Star prototype. However, the prototype aircraft is destroyed when Maverick cannot resist pushing his airspeed beyond Mark 10. Do you think that just ruined the program for them? Like that, like you know, they've, they've flown. That's a, probably yeah, it's a very expensive aircraft. Maybe the same prices, like the film itself. Um, do they have a spare? Is it like the only one they've got, or have they built a couple because they, you know, shit blows up? Well, that, it's a good question because mm. he was only going to Mark 10 today because he didn't want to see everyone else sacked. Yeah. And then he explodes it. So yeah. there's no more program. Yeah. And now everyone else is sacked. Yeah. <laughs> Except <laughs> for like, Hondo, who he takes with him. Yeah. I mean, you've got a plane that goes, you know, 10, but at 10.1, it goes boom. Nah, that's not, we didn't want that. No. Thanks. <laughs> but we, it's R and oh. You've yeah. ruined it for them anyway, Maverick. Yeah, it's a good, good question. One. Uh, after the flight, Kane tells Maverick that he would be grounded if not for Admiral Tom Iceman Kazensky, Maverick's friend and former Top Gun rival. Mm. I was that later? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, permanently grounded. He gets permanently grounded. No, that's later on. Oh. Yeah. You can't go out at night. You come mm-hmm. home before five o'clock. And then he just gets in a plane and goes anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so Iceman, now commander of the US Pacific Fleet, has assigned Maverick to Top Gun School. Oh, sorry. The Top Gun School at Nass North Island. Uh, the Navy. Do, 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 oh, that's great. That's cool. We'll talk <laughs> about that. Uh, the Navy has been ordered to destroy an unsanctioned uranium enrichment plant before it becomes operational. Probably in Iran. Well, there is. It's very specific not to say who we're against. That's which is classic. The classic Top Gun original, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. yeah, we don't actually have an official. I mean, they fly MiGs, so it's assumed that it's Russians, but they never actually say. They don't say MiGs in this one. They say fifth generation fighter. Well, in the original, it's MiGs, yeah, yeah. but in this one, it's fifth generation fighter, and we never actually know who they fight. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting. Like, you know, I didn't know that five generations had fought as fighters had passed. It's like, you know, no, I it's... remember when my, my, you know, my great great granddaddy fighter used to fight mm. in the 80s. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> What's that? Well, why not generation like the. T- um, the Tomcats and stuff like that. I don't know. Anyway, discussion for later. Uh, the plant is located in an underground bunker at the end of a canyon, and it's defended by surface-to-air missiles, SAMs, GPS jammers, and fifth-generation Su-57 fighters, as well as older F-14 Tomcats, uh, which were featured in the first film. Uh, Maverick devises a plan employing two pairs of F-A-18EF Super Hornets armed with laser-guided bombs. But instead of participating in the strike, he is to train an elite group of Top Gun graduates assembled by Air Boss Vice Admiral Bo Cyclone Simpson. (laughs) All right, what are our thoughts so far? You know that Tom, you know, like uh, Maverick is going to fly that mission. No. You know from the start. No, I didn't. He's a test pilot. It was assumed that he would be involved in some way, shape, or form towards he's the, the end of the he's film. He's the star of the movie. He's a jet pilot himself. Uh, he's probably producing the thing um, that, that literally has Top Gun Maverick in the title. Mm. Like, there is no way he was not flying that mission. I know. But it's yeah. fun when we see all the training sequences. Mm. Yeah. But my, my early thoughts were after that first scene, I was like, 
oh wow, I think this might be my favorite scene already. I hate movies. I don't hate movies, but a lot of movies, the opening scene is often the strongest and then the rest is just a movie. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I hope this isn't like that, where it's just like mm. that really great opening scene and the rest is just a movie. Um, but- was it ripping off itself, that opening sequence? Was it like, you know, it's just like, um, look at our toys, we're flying jets. It's landing jets. It's the opening sequence. It's literally. Oh, I didn't mean the on the boat. Like oh, that. That op- oh. the, the title sequence. I meant like the opening. The, like, the Mac Jet. Ten. Yeah. Ooh, that, that's that awesome. That I like that. That was really good, mm. and I was like worried that that was as good as it was going to get. But it was still. It was. There was yeah. other good scenes. Look, yeah. I could have stuck with the uh, trying to get you know to Mac Eleven. Well, he did. No, he got to hit ten. It's like you know, how are we going to rebuild this um well, this jet? We're going to like you know we're going to do this. We're going to get to eleven by next month. You know, real time pressure. How do we bring this tiny team of scientists, scientists and engineers together to make this thing fly? That's well, that. Well, we blew it up. I know. Um, I do. I, it's funny. I love the start, right? So, and yeah, you know, as I said, love the original film. And then I remember sitting in the cinema and at the way it started with the music. And then you see us. You see it all on the boat, and it, it's sort of showing you how or the ship. It, it was changed. almost shot for shot, or not a lot it wasn't of it shot was, for shot, but it was very similar. And it's really cool the way they show you how it all works. And then when Danger Zone gate kicks in, like again, that's probably the first time I got goosebumps in the cinema, and even again now. And then the the planes are taken off, and it's just awesome. And there's literally no reason for that start because in the original film it made sense because it started on the boat. Mm. Yeah, I was confused ship. as well. I was like, oh, why did they do that? And then they're cutting to the middle of a desert. And yeah. it's like, that was weird. They're literally doing it as a tie back to the original film. Yeah. But it's still awesome. Context. Still like- this is going to be a planes and boats and flying. That's, that's what I figured. Um, yeah. So, I was, all right. Maverick Dodd fights his skeptical students and prevails in every contest, winning their respect. Two of the students clash, Lieutenants Jake Hangman Saracen and Bradley Rooster Bradshaw, who's the son of Maverick's deceased best friend and RIO Nick Goose Bradshaw. Rooster dislikes Hangman's cavalier cavalier attitude, while Hangman criticises Rooster's cautious flying. Maverick reunites with former girlfriend Penny Benjamin, to whom he reveals that he promised Rooster's dying mother that Rooster would not become a pilot. Rooster, unaware of the promise, angrily resents Maverick for blocking his Naval Academy application, um, impeding his military career, and blames him for his father's death. Maverick is reluctant to further interfere with Rooster's career, but the alternative is to send him on an extremely dangerous mission. He tells his doubts to Iceman, who has terminal throat cancer. Iceman tells him it's time to let go and reassures him that both the Navy and Rooster need Maverick. Iceman dies soon after, and after an F-A-18F crashes during training, Cyclone removes Maverick as instructor. He relaxes the mission parameters so they are easier to execute but make escape much more difficult. Yeah. You'll, you'll bomb the thing, but you're not coming home, kids. Pretty, and they all sort of go, um, that's not good for us. And he's like, yeah, well, bad luck. <laughs> yeah, sucks to be you. Uh, during Cyclone's announcement, Maverick makes an unauthorised flight. This is where he was grounded permanently. Uh-huh. Uh, unauthorised flight through the course with an even with even stricter parameters than the original and hitting the target without a wingman, proving that it can be done. Despite the act of insubordination, Cyclone reluctantly appoints Maverick as team leader. Yeah, it was before then when he was kind of like, you know, I'm taking over, you're grounded. Mm. You can't go out at night. Nope. Um, can't go see Penny anymore. Was it Penny or Peggy? Penny. Yeah. I swear he says Peggy somewhere. No, it's Penny. Mm. Uh, 
She's actually only very she's actually only referenced in the first film. How is she only referenced? So they talk about how he took her up in the plane and they buzzed a tower. Uh-huh. And that she was an admiral's daughter. Right. And it's just a reference within the film. So she's actually not featured in the first film. Oh. Yeah. Either Kelly McGillis wasn't available or Jennifer Connolly just looks a lot better, mm. <laughs> which I'm tipping might be the reason. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Maverick flies the lead FA-18E uh, accompanied by a buddy lazing, uh, by a buddy lazing FA-18 flown by Lieutenant Natasha Phoenix Trace and WSO Lieutenant Robert Bob Floyd. Rooster leads the second strike pair, which includes um, Lieutenant Reuben Payback Fitch and WSO Lieutenant Mickey Fanboy Garcia. Uh, The four jets launch from an aircraft carrier and a Tomahawk cruise missiles destroy the nearby airbase as they approach. The teams destroy the plant, but the SAMs open fire during their escape. Rooster runs out of countermeasures and Maverick sacrifices his plane to protect him from an incoming strike. Believing Maverick to be dead, all jets are ordered back to the carrier, but Rooster disobeys and returns to find that Maverick ejected and is being pursued by an MI-24 attack helicopter. What if it it actually, you know, what if he was dead? Like, you know, swings back and, like, you know, he's like, he's gone. Hmm. Oh, no, he's dead. Like, oh, now my my plane is shot down. Genius. (laughs) Maybe he's just, I don't know, maybe he had a feeling. Hmm. That wouldn't make a very interesting movie. No, No, it wouldn't. Um... That's what we want our questions later. After destroying the gunship, Rooster is shot down by Sam, by a Sam and ejects. The two rendezvous and steal an F-14 from the damaged airbase. Maverick and Rooster destroy two intercepting Su-57s, but a third attacks as they run out of ammunition and countermeasures. Hangman unexpectedly arrives in time to shoot it down, and the plane returns safely. Later, Rooster helps Maverick work on his P-51 Mustang. Rooster looks at a photo of their mission success. Uh, pinned alongside a photo of his late father and a and a young Maverick, whilst as Penny and Maverick fly off in a P fifty one, which is purely there just so Tom Cruise can show everyone that he can fly a plane. Pretty much, I mean, because we haven't actually seen it for the whole movie, mm. which we have. So, um, yeah, well, he—I don't think he actually flew the Hornet. So, uh, he may have. No, I don't think they're allowed to. I don't know. They did. He did training stuff. They actually were in the planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. They were in the. I assume that they were in the back seat. So they had a camera on them mm. pretending to fly, but they would not have been allowed to fly. Don't know. Well, it might be in the trivia. So I'll have to Google it. Um, anyway, end the, of the, the, F- the F-14s are fourth-generation fighters. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the F-18s are 4.5. So I, I don't know why it's that's that point much five. worse. Yeah. Well, I guess each generation probably gets yeah. gross. Anyway, end movie. End movie. On to the categories. All right, cast and characters. I mean, I suppose you can't go past Jennifer Connolly. Well, I would have thought you'd start <laughs> off with Maverick, but I'm happy to talk about Jennifer Connolly, who played Penny Benjamin first. Mm. She mean, was awesome. She was. Um, yeah, like, you know, I think, uh, you know, like in some ways, like the love interest there, like, you know, it's kind of a someone else, you know, Tom's character can relate to because mm. everyone else is young or doesn't like him. Yeah. Um, so to have... Yeah, uh, Jennifer Connolly there. It's like, you know, it's that's someone who can, you know, he gets to grow with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she was a good foil. Um, I mean, it'd be better if she was flying a, a, a you know, a plane, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I thought she was excellent. I really enjoyed her character. Mm. 
Um, she just added, again, we've talked about it before, she's sort of that grounding character for him, that little bit of conscious, uh, conscience, sorry, not conscious. Um, so I, I don't know. I just enjoyed her character. Um, yeah, she, she's a strong-willed person. Like she obviously owns the bar. She's not some damsel in distress. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. She's. I thought she was just a nice character. Would have been good if she jumped in a plane at the end and rescued him instead of Rooster. That would have been a twist. That would have been <laughs> just, just a small twist. What are you doing here? I come to save your ass. Yeah, you'd have to wait for the sequel to find out about that. Yeah, <laughs> how did I fly? Part of a secret military group. <laughs> Glenn, thoughts on uh, Penny Benjamin? Yeah, she's always good. Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Mm. Michael's been a fan of her since I've, as long career, as I've known him. Career opportunities. As long as I've known him, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael's been a big fan of her, so and I've become one as well yeah. because of that, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm tempted to go to Labyrinth. It's on my list. Mm. Or Dark um, City. She's awesome in Dark City. Um, but um, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, she's great. Mm. And, yeah, this role, yeah, it was good. A strong female character is always good. Mm. Need more of them, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I don't think she wasn't like this damsel in distress. Yeah. I think she did have genuine agency throughout. Um, Tom Cruise, or AKA Maverick. Got the, he's the title character. Oh, look, he can run. He's got that one look he does, <laughs> and it's a very <laughs> Tom Cruise look. look. Yeah, it's the yeah, only one he's got. It's apparently. very Tom Cruise. He doesn't feel a sky. Did like, he actually yeah. act in this? Who knows? It's not hard to act, is it? <laughs> Tom Cruise is just Tom Cruise, isn't it? Like, he's not. Is it? It's um, not a versatile character in a lot of ways. It's a Tom Cruise playing um, Maverick playing Tom Cruise. Is that what yeah, you're yeah, possibly. I don't know. Um, he was good compared to you know his character in the first Top Gun, where he's much younger and he's just a bit of a larrikin. You know, he's just singing songs to pick up girls. You know, and pretty out there and confident. And in this, he's the same character, but he's very different. Like he's obviously grown for thirty years or whatever it's been. Mm, long time between sequels. Yeah. So um. He's he's playing a character he's played before, but at the same time, it's a different. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's a it's the same character with a lot more experience behind mm. him. So it was interesting, and I thought he was he was fine. He was a bit, you know, going against authority a, a bit. You know, he should be a bit more responsible at his age. He should follow orders occasionally. But that's, or, I don't know. That's why he's called Maverick. And that's why he's still a captain because he's an adrenaline yeah. adrenaline junkie, yeah. dressed up as a military officer. But he is like he's still got that confidence in his own ability, but he's a lot more unsure of himself. I guess outside the plane, I think in this, like he's got he's got doubts, and you know, I don't think he knows where the relationship is going, and he doesn't know what to do with Rooster and and these sort of things. So he does have that vulnerable side, which he probably didn't have as much in the first film. Mm. Um, but I reckon this is one of his most charming films. I think it's probably one of his. I think it's a great character, and I think it's one of his better performances for a while. So I don't know if it's a great character. It's a decent character. And, like, he does a great job of it. Like, you you, you know, you root for Maverick. Um, and it's really good to see him, like, in a, in a sense, like, um, it's almost a, a film that's uh, trying to fight that ageism aspect. Like, you know, because he's, you know, he, the you know uh, Maverick is now in 50s. I think he's, like, 60 or something. I don't know. Mm. Tom Cruise is. Um, essentially, the age of um, Maverick is older than Viper was in the original one. Yeah, when he's back there, um, but still showing. Yeah, look, I've like I've got this 
you know, I'm still better than you guys. Like, you know, and they keep telling us about it. These are the best of the best. I was like, Mavericks wiped the floor with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the best of the best the Americans have got. We're in trouble. Yeah. There's some 65-year-old that hasn't even been flying these jets for a long time. Yeah. Somehow just wipes the floor with them. Yeah. It's like, uh, clearly you're not the best of the best. It makes it does. Why is that? Like, you know, why do they not all go, that's Maverick. That guy's a living legend. You know. Well, that's a question I have for later. Yeah. And why is there no one better than him? Because- He's old. He's getting old. Mm, long yeah. in the tooth. But anyway, it's good to kind of like that character's good because it's, you know, he's a year older and he's still kicking ass. Mm. Um, but you know, I think, I don't think it's Tom Cruise's best character. He's his best acting. Like, But it's decent. Like, you know, it's kind of, you know, he holds a movie together for a couple of hours. So. Well, yeah, yeah, he, I mean, he's obviously the central character and he really does hold the whole film together, mm. which I think Tom Cruise does the most. Well, he does have his name in the title. Maverick. Yeah. But I think he's just, I don't know. He's just, he's such, he's a charming character and he's, I, I don't know. I just really enjoy the character, and I think it was a really nice performance from Cruz. Mm. Uh, Miles Teller, who played Rooster. Um, I guess the, you know, I'd seen Maverick, then you guys maybe watch Whiplash, which I still have trauma from, and then, you know, watch Maverick again. Um, and there is a there's a difference in that kind of, like, you know, his portrayal, like, you know, those two characters that Miles Teller you know, plays, yeah, uh, which is nice, and that's good acting. Like, you know, when you can, you know, you're not thinking of... Oh, that's that whiplash actor, um, you know, or vice versa. So yeah, that was kind of different enough. Um, and obviously, they they spent a lot of time in the gym, being all ripped and stuff. Yeah. Well, there is um, there is apparently I think it's been in the trivia, but they they actually they were going they thought they wanted to add the the football game in later. And they were all shitty because they'd sort of let themselves go for a couple of weeks and had just been eating what they really wanted. And then they thought, shit, hang on, now we've got to take our tops off. We've got to start looking good again. So we've got to go back into the gym. But they'd so. already shot it. They'd shot it like that sort of a, that scene. And then well, Cruz- they, had to do, they had to do more of it or something. Oh, Cruz didn't like it. He said, no, this is shit. We're doing it again. Like that wasn't shot well or something like that. Yeah. So how they went again, they're going, crap, and they're back at the gym, lifting weights, getting tough. Mm. Showing off their bods, I guess. Why I can see why that's like they think it's like that homoerotic kind of. Well, in the first one, it's very homoerotic. In this one, it's it's not so much. Mm. Um, I mean, it's even. I mean, in the first one, it's got the song playing with the boys over at the top, so it's a little. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Glenn, thoughts on Miles Teller? Yeah, for me, he was just he was just fine, standard. Like yeah. I didn't think he was a standout performance or anything special about it. He's good. I like him. Mm. Um, I thought I'm just used to seeing him bleed when he plays an instrument, um, <laughs> you know. But he, and he was rushing a bit in the plane and dragging. Yeah, a dragging. Bit. Yeah, there's a lot of drag on that plane. Um, like, so yeah, I, I, he's great in Whiplash. I do like him, um, and I thought he was fine. Yeah, but I don't think you know he'll be nominated for anything. <laughs> no. Yeah. Mm. It it's funny. I think I think the thing with that makes Miles Teller so um, he, he, so good in this is he how like he looked like the the character's son would. I think would, is it Anthony Edwards. I think who played Goose in the original. It's amazing how much they look alike in this, and I think it's really well done. It's the mustache. It, well, it is the mustache, but <laughs> even just the the height because Anthony Edwards is tall. Um, I reckon I could play Rooster. Oh, absolutely, Glenn. I believe that. Um, oh, oh, before Brandon. we go on, I forgot to mention that at the 95th, because you were talking about nominated, uh, this film was nominated for Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Song, Best Film Editing, Best Visual Effects, 
uh, and it won Best Sound. That's so stupid. Best Should Adapted. If, if it's adapted from, because it's a sequel or the same characters, yeah, that shouldn't be adapted screenplay. It's still original. I think it should be still original screenplay. Mm. But is that why it's, it wasn't a book? It wouldn't have been a book first. Uh, no. no, I don't think That's so. The, I don't like how they categorize. Sorry to for categorize that. We're chopping about here, but um, that's right. Um, it should have won best film. This is the best picture. This is awesome. What did it lose against? Uh, I have no idea. Hang on, let me tell something you something better. Yeah, Anthony Edwards was goose. Yeah. Um, what uh, was the best picture? Everything, everything, all, everywhere, um, all at once. One. Yeah, way better uh, film. It was up against All Quiet on the Western Front as well, Avatar, The Wave Water, The Banshees of Insurin, Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun, Maverick, obviously, which is it, uh, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. No, I'm, I think like I'm, I've seen Maverick and like, Top Gun, Maverick, and everything, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I haven't seen everything. No, oh, I loved it. Like that was kind of that was a trippy fun film. Anyway, sorry, back to the categories. Yes. Uh, Glenn Powell. Who's Glenn Powell? Who you played Hangman. Hangman. Oh, he's adequate, you know, like pretty blonde boy, you know, playing essentially like, you know, you've got the same characters Val Kilmer played in mm. the original Top Gun, like the unlikable, um, you know, wingman guy who's kind of a bit of a dick, but good. I, I think the difference is though is that you know, Iceman was – he was the Iceman. He was clinical. He did everything right, whereas Hangman sort of, he basically did things on his own. Mm. Like he was probably more like Maverick than he was very similar to Maverick in that way, whereas I guess Rooster is probably more like Iceman in a lot of ways, which it's a, it's a funny sort of mix. But uh, I thought he was a complete prick. And yeah. even now when, I, when I've seen him in other things, uh, Glenn Powell, I just go, oh, you're that bastard from Maverick. Even even if he's playing a really charming man? Or? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're a prick. I've seen you in Maverick. Anyone but you. I kept thinking about this guy's an asshole <laughs> in that film. But I um, wonder if he's one of the nicest people on the planet. Oh, it probably be. is. But I, I thought he was a good character. Look, could you have had someone else play this role? Possibly. But um, I thought the character was. I thought he played it well. He was. You wanted to dislike him because of the because of who he was and how he acted, and I think he achieved that successfully. Mm. Glenn, thoughts? Oh yeah, here's another one of those that. You know, you could slip numerous actors into that role and it, they'd all be fine. Yeah. I think you can say that for a lot of those pilots. Like yeah. they were, you know, just cookie cutouts of um, characters. They didn't have a lot of dialogue. I mean, it's nice. I think thought Phoenix was good. Like that was a uh, a nice character. And yeah, like, I, I would have, I'd I have seen um, more of Bob. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bob, Bob was funny. Yeah. Uh, and I guess because he wasn't, you know, he's not that stereotypical pilot like you know he's not that stereotypical sort of not the big buff yeah sort of thing that they had like a lot of them were like Mm. yeah um but they really just make it up numbers any any actor could fit into a lot of these roles it's how the character is written really it's more about the character and trying to make a mix of personalities in in, in the script and then putting the actors into the roles and yeah yeah why do they even need 12 like you know when you look at the, the scheme of things, like we could have just gone with six. Mm. The best of the best of the best six. <laughs> Train those guys. Or well, how do they know who's the best of the best without getting all 12 and finding out? I imagine they've got records. Uh, they have, this is different. Oh, that's, that's, that's the whole point of that. Yeah. So anyone else we want to talk about? Well, I've got notes about two actors you haven't mentioned. Yep. Who are they? Which they're not nice notes. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. John Hamm yeah. was not convincing 
to me as a bad guy, like, or as like authority figure. And he's like, you're grounded, you know, and all this. He's just, he just seems like such a nice guy. I can't buy it. I don't buy it the way he's telling off Tom Cruise. And when he's a criminal, you know, we've seen him in other roles where he's a criminal and things. And it's just like, no, he's too nice. A guy. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't be like this. <laughs> so I can't just, I can't lose myself in that, in that character or role because I just don't believe it. Would you? Just, have- he just seems so, like he comes across so nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you have swapped him and Ed Harris around? Maybe. I think, probably, like, I think in some ways that probably might have worked out. Would have been way better. Yeah, although I like John. I do like John Hamm, and I like yeah. the fact that he's in this movie. And you, mm. you sort of, he sort of has that. I like him. I just that sort of growth. Yeah. But you're right. He he doesn't come across as that forceful. Although he in Baby Driver, he yeah. came across as a prick. But well, he tried. He's nice right up until <laughs> the end, where he's like, you know, you know, don't worry about a baby, baby. You've missed up my shit. Yeah. Well, when he <laughs> lost his missus, yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Glenn. Um, and also Val Kilmer, for me. Like, he was a big deal 20 years ago or whatever it was. Like, he was a big actor ages ago. And so, I haven't seen him in anything in a long time. And I looked and he's been doing stuff, but I just haven't seen it. Hmm. And um, so, for me to see him sick old man style, it just I didn't buy that either. I just like, hang on, no. He, well, I think he can't, he, he's not sick old man. He's I think, he is, sick. I think he is genuinely sick. No, he is he, old. He's in his 60s. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. To me, he's still yeah. in the doors. You know, <laughs> um, and it's like uh, I'm not sure if you guys re- you might remember Willow, um, which he was in. I haven't seen that. Is Mad Martin. Um Anyway, they did a, they did a TV series of that, um, and they couldn't. They you know that most of like a lot of the characters reprise their role, um, like you know very you know like yeah some of them quite a few, um, but he didn't because he's he's not well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But um, to me, he's just like. 90s Val Kilmer in my mind and mm. it was just like to see him like that was just like it didn't feel right <laughs> well he's he did he had uh, yeah throat cancer mm. ah. um, Kilmer reported in 2020 that he'd been cancer free for four years but he detailed ongoing struggles with medical treatments including the use of a feeding tube to eat um, ah. and they've actually been he's actually been going and doing like having vocal models through AI so they can use his voice mm. So yeah, no, he's actually. Um, I didn't know they based that character on a real, almost well, a lot of it's very real. Mm. But I think you had to have him in, and obviously they couldn't have him play a major. Gosh, part. if I knew that, I would have probably seen it differently than I did see it. But, um, <laughs> I didn't actually know any of that. Yeah, I mean, when I watched it, I didn't know that either, and I was like, oh, why was Val Kilmer in it for a bit? Like you know, and and it's also he just. I don't know if you've seen him in anything recently, but not having seen him for 20 years, I was just like a bit of a shock. Hmm. You were expecting because he's big a, buff ice man sort of thing. Well, Tom Cruise is still running around jumping off buildings and whatnot, yeah. and he's aged the same amount as this because they were in Top Gun together, yep. the same sort of age. And then to see him so much older looking than Tom Cruise, I was just like, oh, what are they doing to this character? Tom Cruise is a genuine freak though. Yeah. Like he's not a normal person. Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone else, Michael, you wanted to mention? Um, oh, uh, I mean, we touched on Ed Harris, and like, I think his cameo as a, a, an admiral is really good. Just got gravitas, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, Charles Parnell, um, Admiral Solomon Warlock Bates. Hmm. Um, he was good. Like, I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed his him. thing. I mean, uh, actually, like to be honest, like the with the name Warlock, I've gone. Was he in the original film? He's not. Um, but it's such a cool kind of you know sort of. Yeah, um, you call, know, sign. call sign. And they all got call signs. Really weird. Um, yeah, so I thought, like, you know, he was a nice kind of 
addition there and um even the he other had, guy he had some really good lines Walla, yeah. like some really good funny and delivered really dryly i thought he was yeah i thought he was quite good yeah um bashir sulhad and oh hondo Sul- yeah 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 he was good too yeah um yeah they were nice kind of you know sort of um flavor kind of like you know characters that kind mm. of like brought um i guess some support mechanisms to the like you know to um the older Tom Cruise versus the younger, yeah, you know, younger whippersnappers. Yep, the best of the best, allegedly. <sighs> so, all right, uh, favorite scene. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Who you go? My first favorite scene was the opening sequence with the Mac Ten getting to Mac Ten, mm-hmm. and him like just build the tension. I don't know, just good acting, good editing, good. It just it's a shots of a guy in a plane, but it was just really tense. Um, and I thought, wow, this is crazy. He's, you know, and then he went further, and then you know had to eject. That was a really good scene. But then it, I was worried that was going to be my favorite scene, and then the rest of the movie would be just not as good. <laughs> yeah. But I've got other favorite scenes. Oh, good. Uh, basically, any of the scenes where they're flying in in um, a bit of action and tension when you know the bird goes in the motor that whole and the guy passes out and, has, and they wake him back up with the beeping yeah that whole flight was another really good scene just the tension again um really well done really liked I watching think- guys pretend to fly planes i don't know just- what, that, that's the thing so they, they were pretending but they're actually in the planes and that was mm. part of what they did they actually shot them in There's actual some planes on. while they were flying yeah. And, yeah and the other favorite scene is stealing the plane and the dog fight at the end yeah Oh, the, the t- F-14. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, that was still awesome. a couple of planes. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, the, 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 and he takes off the runway and I was like, I bet that wheel's going to come off and the wheel comes off. And I predicted a few things that were going to happen. I'm just like, oh, mm. I bet someone's going to come. As m- one of my questions was, aren't they watching this on the radar and seeing other planes attacking this one plane that's, you know, and wouldn't they send someone out to help? And then obviously that's what happened. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so they were my favorite bits. Yep. Well, um. Ooh, hang on. It was in my head a second ago. The, I mean, like... You Jennifer know, like, Connolly, probably. Yeah, Jennifer Connolly. Um, she's gorgeous. Um, the, yeah, the... That yacht scene, like, you know, um, where, like, you know, yeah, yeah, go play with that. It's like, I land on planes, yeah. you know, yeah. I land on boats. I don't, I don't drive boats. I'm not in the Navy. Um, uh, but the... I think there was a nice scene um, where, uh, like, they've just done the... Um, throw him overboard. They kicked him out of the bar. Um, because like you know, he doesn't have enough cash on him. I don't know how he, why he doesn't have enough cash, like you know, on his card or on his account. Like he's working for like you know, you assume working for like you know somewhere that's got a big budget. Well, it's a test pilot. That's yeah, probably they make I mean, a lot of big money. I mean, he's only a captain, so maybe his wage isn't quite what but test pilot. But they get is, risk money. Maybe he has a whole. So you have a whole family supporting, or is it just him? Like, surely yeah. he should be rich. He'd have money. He's got a hobby. Well, he's Maybe worked it's... for thirty years in the navy. You would have thought, which means he probably gets you know three square meals a day. He gets his accommodation paid for him. Like he's he's storing his cool shit in the hangar. Like he's got a plane. Yeah, he's got money. Like, Maybe you know, he buys motorbikes. He does like a motorbike. Or maybe he's looking for an excuse to see Jennifer Connelly again. Well, look, that's... I would. Um. <laughs> anyway, so he gets kicked out of three out of the bar by all the, the you know the young pilots. Sorry, old you know. Sorry, pops. Sorry, old Ben. Um, and then, of course, he like you know they, they gather him in a large hangar in front of a, a very large American flag. I mean, that just seems excessive. Um, it's huge, though. Uh, and then in walks, uh, you know, Captain yeah. Pete Maverick, um, 
Mitchell through the crowd, and that's when like the the kids are going, "Oh my god, we just did something dumb," uh, which of course mirrors something in the original film where like you know mm. they're kind of trying to crack onto you know some woman uh, in a bar, and um, and then they find out that she's the mission specialist or like consultant that they need to you know talk to to get a tick for the flight. I don't know, but yeah, it mirrors that sort of that scene, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that is that. Yep. Um. The whole, you know, that sort of flying stuff, like you know, the the, the two minute fifteen one where um, uh, Maverick is kind of flying through the thing, and he ticks it all. That was always quite um, thrilling. But I think, like you know, the actual the dog fighting at the end, like the jets kind of fighting each other, was pretty cool. Um, and there was a bit where you know, uh, Maverick kind of does kind of pull back, chafe, sacrifices his plane. It's like, yeah, mm. end film. He's died a hero. <laughs> but he didn't. No. He persists. <laughs> Tom Cruise can't die. No, Tom Cruise can't die. I don't think he's died in any movie. Yeah, no, he died in um he died stacks in Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of oh, Tomorrow. Edge of, yeah, but he always comes back. Yeah, no, but he died a lot though. So technically he Gosh, doesn't die. But I'm saying you, you know, he's died yeah, in no, a film. fair point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, I love the first Maverick versus the student scene. Mm. Like just the way it starts where they're flying. We don't know where he is and all of a sudden he flies up in between them. You got that great song, uh, Won't Be Fooled Again by The Hue. I thought it – by The Who, sorry. Uh, and I thought it just really fit that whole sequence well. It's really well put together. Um, yeah, it, it makes you go back to that feeling of what it was like watching Top Gun when they're obviously doing all the dogfights against each other. Mm. It feels real because they are being shot in – obviously the aircraft so you do you know when they were getting thrown around and stuff it does feel like that's what it would be like that's good it's true it's real yeah, yeah. it's i just think it's it's so well done hmm. and fun it's funny he's taking the piss out of him um and it's really i just think it, it's just awesome to watch uh Iceman versus maverick i just think it's a it's a really well put together scene obviously you know glenn wasn't aware that val kimmel was legitimately ill and can't speak so you know the way they do that yeah, Cruz really drives, and I think he's one of Cruz's better scenes throughout the whole film. He's really got to carry it and carry that whole emotion You're with kidding? it and about it. Val Kilmer's just looking on a screen. He just typed words up there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's carrying the scene. It's like, but that's what I just think it's such a quality scene good. because that's the only way they can communicate. Mm. So I think it's. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, the way really- Tom Cruise was responding to just words on a screen, and but he was responding with such emotion and like, mm. act, like he was. That, I noticed that too in that scene. Tom Cruise was really, like, he was having a real conversation with a person, not just reading text and then replying verbally. Mm. But it was like he was in a real emotional scene. Yeah, but it was like, sort just- of one sided in a way because yeah, it was weird. Well, I mean, Val had those words. He just said, "I let it go." It's some of Cruise's best acting, I think. I just, I just thought it was excellent. Hmm. It's just a really nice emotional scene. And then it finishes with that joke where he said, you know, who's the best fighter? Who's the yeah. best pilot? And he goes, mate, listen, it's a nice moment. Let's not ruin it. I just thought it. it's just a nice <laughs> way to finish it off. Look, I, I think in the in the cinema when I watched it, I did tear up at that. Like, you know, at, like you know, Val yeah. being on screen. I was like, yeah, that is good. Like, you know, because that's the uh, – is he the only original cast member? Like that? Uh, yeah, possibly. I think maybe – was Hondo in it? Mm. I, mean, I don't know. I'd have so. to go back and check. Um, I've just got here written down here two minutes fifteen. It's obviously you know look, it's a little cheesy at times with the way the students are reacting. Oh, oh, like this. That felt a little bit cheesy, but that's all right. It's a popcorn film, and that's what we're there for. But just watching how you know, watching Maverick be able to fly it and and beat the time that he'd set to show that it can be done. Um, it just looked cool. 
it was just really well put together, uh, just an enjoyable scene and you sort of, you know, you come out of it, come on, yeah. Uh, and my last favourite scene, I've just put here the last 40 minutes. Because <laughs> which basically once they take off on the, uh, I, I don't know, look, it's, you've mentioned several parts. There's so many good moments. Yeah, throughout. that was one of my favourite scenes too, just during the mission was another, just whenever they're flying and yeah. they're intentionally flying for a reason and it's, it's good. It's just yeah, and it's good. It's good sign of good editing and a good actors, and because I mean they're not doing much; they're sitting, you know, still. Hmm. Um, but it just comes together really well. And you know, and just that moment when they get back onto the ship too. Again, I got goosebumps. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you know, when they, you know, when they're all hugging and everything else, everyone's happy. Like it's just a really nice moment. It captures it. Reminds me of the first film as well when they had that sort of thing. But I thought this was done even a little bit better. So, hmm. uh, all right, notable aspects. Other enjoyable. Well, I've got, a, I've got a quick notable aspect for you. Um, Bashir Siladin would uh, not have been in it because he would have been 10. Other interesting aspects. I don't have, I said all my favorite things and interesting bits, but the other thing is just that theme tune from the first movie that's been brought over to this movie. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's another one that's stuck in my head. That guitar note. Yeah. Guitar <laughs> notes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think the, the probably the the most powerful part of this film is it's um, and through Tom Cruise's insistence that like a lot of it like not a lot of CGI is used. Yeah. Um, that it's kind of you know we are in the play we are seeing the actors go through those G forces and you know the trivial kind of covers some of that where they kind of to where they did training like Tom Cruise designing the training course for the actors to learn how to deal with the G force stuff. Um, but yeah, that and it that's what kind of I think really makes it a good film is that it's low CGI. There's going to be it's going to be in there. Yeah, I think a lot of the shots from outside the planes and some of the dog fighting is probably CGI'd. Yeah, uh, or where they're flying and you've got the they probably didn't blow up any planes. No, and you've got the you've sort of got I guess you know the landscape behind them. I think some of that was CGI, mm. but I think it does. I think it takes it it takes the movie above what it could have been if they tried to CGI it. Yeah, it does give it that a lot more realism. Mm. To it, I think there's um, the like there's uh that the physics aspect that kind of um, it's hard to replicate it fully in CGI, like unless you've kind of you know you're looking you know getting like lots of study kind of images, mm. um, but I guess that you know here they've teamed up with, with the navy to kind of to make a um, <laughs> essentially essentially I suppose it's like one of those recruitment you know movies, um, where we get it we bust out all the the hardware. You know, you get to see, you know, what happens when we, we use our 4.5 generation fighters. They're not even our best. You could be in this. You could be in this seat. You could be the best of the best. Um, and you got to wonder if there's an uptick in, like, you know, recruitment after these sort of films. Well, I don't know about this one, but certainly with the first one it was. Mm. They used to actually have naval, like, sign-up, like, desks and tents mm. outside the cinema yeah. uh, when Top Gun was showing. And they did. They got a huge uptake. Yeah. It would have got a pretty big shock when not everyone and they find out that not everyone gets to fly the jets. But anyway, so, that's- oh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's got. I think that was a, a really part of the film. Um, Glenn's, you know, said like it, he's right with it being well edited. Um, given Tom Cruise as a producer, on I don't think he would allow that a film not to be done well to to get out there. Because mm. um, a lot is riding on him in that regard. And I think especially too because this is. Been so long in the making, 
and obviously Top Gun was a very popular film when it came mm. out. So he would have wanted to make sure that we justify what we're doing. Yeah. I think some of the, like, um, I don't know, we probably saw Tom Cruise fly some of those scenes, like, you know, because he is a, an accomplished pilot and jet pilot as well. I think he actually kind of flies jets. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, seeing him kind of, like, do all that sort of movements, he knows what he's doing. Like, that, that kind of, that's an element of acting you don't always get. Um, when like people kind of are embodying that character, um, so it makes you wonder if like you know did he get into flying because of Top Gun or is he already into flying and he got in did Top Gun? Um, but he's actually credited as a a pilot on the on the actual kind of production. Um, and of course you know Miles Teller did play the piano. He's like that's not a double. It's gonna mm. you know yeah I'll, I'll learn some of this stuff. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Tom Cruise does fly planes in Top Gun two and completed almost every stunt seen in the film with one notable exception. There you go. Uh, he had to get special permission from the Navy to fly below 50 feet at a whopping 600 miles per hour. And they said no? Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't open the full article, but I can yeah. find out. Was he Was he actually flying a... Uh... Sorry, why Tom Cruise wasn't allowed to fly an F-18 fighter? Oh, right. <laughs> and why was that? Uh, hang on. You keep talking, I'll find out. Because he's an actor, not a... Well, that's because, yeah, probably because he's not... He's not a military pilot. I could do this. I'm Tom Cruise. I've pretended to be a pilot yeah. 30 years ago. I can do it. I'm, I'm a real pilot as well. I could pretend and be real. Um, What other, other interesting stuff was? Uh, I th- Oh, the... I think how the fifth generation fighters moved. Oh, they were awesome. That was that was just um, mind-bending. And you go on, is that a real... Like, has someone actually kind of pulled off that sort of, that turn? Um, yeah, I was thinking when they need to achieve this mission and it's, like, almost unachievable and no one's going to come home alive, I was like, why don't they just use their alien technology that they're all hiding somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hover in there yeah. on some secret thing that no one can see. Mm. <laughs> I think, actually, one of the, almost one of the unbelievable things of this film is when they say the enemy, oh, like, they've got fifth-generation fighters, no longer do we have the technological advantage. Thinking, that's not true. One, you've got the alien tech. <laughs> <laughs> Two, like you are the cutting edge of like you know of like all aircraft. But they probably people spy. Like people get it, steal it. Oh yeah, like you know China's probably you know definitely got like you know stuff and um and they probably export to you know um nations that have nuclear enrichment plants <laughs> around um. So absolutely, they're out there. But the the fact that like you know they kind of you know have the Americans as an underdog in this case, mm. nah, not buying it. Nah, not at all. Like you know, why would? They, and I guess they've probably gone, you know, F 18s because it's like probably readily available. They're not the kind of current generation of fighters. Like you know, you break one of them, they're less inclined to kind of be upset. And I guess you don't want to kind of reveal your capabilities of your your best fighters. Well, that's. That's probably part of it. Yeah. Now, in regards to, there's no confirmation about why the US Navy might have denied Cruz's aspirations to pilot a Super Hornet, even though the actor has experience flying Top Gun supersonic military aircraft. However, the most logical reason would be insurance concerns, which is always enough of a consideration to prevent actors from doing their own stunts. The cost of the plane also figures into this. A real F-18 Super Hornet would make up roughly half of Top Gun Maverick's $152 million budget. So, yeah. Uh, also, insurance <laughs> um, insurance waves aside, should an inexperienced pilot such as Cruise lose control of a high-speed aircraft, it could also mean peril for civilians and or military personnel on the ground. 
So, yeah. Too much of a risk. Bad luck, Tom. Next time. He won't be happy with that. Risky business. It's like, I'll insure myself. We have got you insured. You're just too risky to lose, Tom. You're a living treasure. Well, let's be honest. He's going to die one day, and I think it'll be on a movie set, and he'll try and jump from one helicopter to another because he wants to do it. Well, yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen the recent Mission Impossible film, and like apparently he rides a motorbike off that. Yeah, I actually saw some of that. Mm. Um, They, I can't remember what show it was on about how they did it. Yeah, Yeah. looked pretty cool. Does look pretty cool. Uh, Anything else, Michael? Uh, That is that is me. All right. Uh, For me. Poor example for kids. You should always wear a helmet when riding a bike. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Should have been a motorbike, let alone that. Mm. Um, for me, the score in this is just incredible. Like the, you know, that Top Gun theme. It does give you goosebumps, and they goosebumps, and they play it a couple of times in this, and I think it's just really well done. Both, you know, you know, sort of quietly in the back, and then in at key moments, um, all the songs fit, and I think it's just really well put together. I love the tie back to the original film. Um, and it's so well done. It doesn't overdo it, um, which I think plays perfectly. And I don't think you need to have seen the original to enjoy this film. Like it's not like you need to know all the backstories and have it have seen Top Gun to to enjoy. Like you could go into this movie unaware that this is a sequel and just enjoy it. But you know the tie back to the original I think makes it work even better. Oh look, it's been like thirty years since I saw the original. Mm. Well, that's the thing. I haven't watched the original for a long time. I'd seen mm. it a lot when I had watched it but um yeah and I, I got all the references and i really did enjoy that um but just all the little things you know the way they did the start the great balls of fire the tie back with goose you know the the students like you mentioned before the students doing something to the teacher then finding out next morning it's their teacher hmm, um you know a plane goes down during training all those little things um i just think it's it was really well done really well planned out is it i mean is it purely like you know it in itself, it's borrowing from itself by kind of hitting the same story beats. I mean, is it not really kind of developing itself properly as a film if it is just rehashing some of those things? No, or? it's not really, though, because it's Top different. Gun, for me, felt like a romance movie more than oh. an action. It was all a romance. It was just him and the girl trying, you know, and she was she was um, teaching yeah. him or something, and th- th- he was trying to get together with her, and most of the, about three quarters of the movie is just him and her trying to get together, and yeah. I was like, I didn't realise this was a romance, it's and not he, that bad. I guess the other third is like, you know, Planes Tom and flying. his boys. Planes flying around at the yeah. end. Yeah. Tom and the boys and lockers, a couple <laughs> minutes of flying planes, yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't know, <laughs> I just thought it was done really well. Uh, as a, For a sequel, it utilised the first movie really, uh, really well, but you didn't overplay on it, and you could still watch this as a standalone film and love it. Mm. Um, love the bar, the hard deck. It's, it's a nice, nice looking bar. Yeah, it looked like a great bar. Mm. Um, would they really call him pops? Oh, that's more, probably more of a question than a notable aspect. Like you're in a, you're in a. I'm assuming it's a, a military bar or it's on a base. You've got an old guy in a flight jacket. Would you really be calling him pops? Because he could be any sort of rank, which is most likely higher than you. Uh, but that's a question. I'll, I shouldn't mention that. Uh, Miles Teller loved how much he looked like the original goose. It's almost scary. I think they did the flashbacks well. That's where all the CGI is. And the fact that they use actual planes, which we've spoken about many times. Mm. Uh, questions, queries, tidbits. Oh, does Glenn have any more notable aspects? Or? No. no. Glenn, have you got any questions? I've got a, quite a few questions. All right. Ah. My first one is is my most annoying one. Because I watched Top Gun recently and uh, the start of Top Gun, it said present day. 
And I thought, all right, so early 2024. No worries. (laughs) So I'm like watching this film. It's set early 2024. And I watch it. It's like, okay, that's no worries. And then I watch this and I'm like, what is it? Is this 30 years in the future? Surely there's more advanced technology. What what is this? This makes no sense. So that's just lost a lot of points. Oh, yeah, fair And again, (laughs) we come back to the other question. I was waiting for something to come up on the screen. Why are these guys always all dressed like they're in the 80s? This is weird. (laughs) Present day. Anyway, that's what it said, present day. And I was like, Mm. oh, right. Yep. Um, and it comes back, you remind me of the, the, one of the questions I've got. Like, so helicopter, uh, helicopter, not a helicopter, um, helicopter comes into, uh, you know, into the, the scene. It sees Tom in the distance. Look, there's a dude in a parachute. Tom runs, he hides behind a log. It goes, all right, I'm going to pop out my mini guns. And like, you know, how does that rotten log, which does kind of break up a bit, not disintegrate and like, you know, bang, mow through Tom. Bruce Willis rule. Bruce Willis duck. It's duck. Yeah. 30 ducked. years in the future, that, that yeah. log has yeah. sat there a long time. I don't it know. has. Uh, it he looked like a thick log. So maybe. I would have thought it would go through. But anyway, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Continue, Glenn. He ducked. That's my biggest question. That's just the most annoying. <laughs> um, and then my other question I think got answered because I, I wrote, they, I thought they weren't allowed to go below 5,000 feet and then they're almost hitting the ground. Like, mm. you know, if you're setting a training exercise or a game and there's rules and then all of a sudden they're just dipping way down to lows, like this Gee, makes no sense. Disqualified. Well, they did get they in trouble. should have been disqualified, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and these questions I mentioned while we're watching, but um, don't they have a radio after they eject? Don't they have some yeah. sort of like, I'm, I'm here, I'm safe or come get me? Well, he did. Well, he switched on a thing. Well, that was a bit much later. Yeah, but I mean, he technically that's the thing. He had a little well, kind he of. Should have turned that on straight away. Yeah, straight away. I'm still alive. Well, like, I, th- I think Maverick got rid of his when he was being chased by the helicopter. Remember, he unplugged. Well, I mean, panicked, I guess, and got rid of his stuff. It didn't like he technically had time to go back and get it. Maybe. Yeah. Like, or at least you know, to let them know. Hey, I survived. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but why yeah it's a good question. Radio? And my other question was. Um, when they see his signal flying about again, uh, Rooster's signal up in the air flying around, um, should they maybe still shoot him down because it might might be someone who's just stolen his stolen his radio or whatever and have it and it could be pretending to be him. Yeah, that'd be clever. I don't think so, though. And, mm. um, oh, my other question was, what's that the, when the bad got planes are flying after they stole the plane and the other planes come alongside and they're doing like little fist bumps out the window and code <laughs> hand gestures. And um, Will was like, what are they signaling? And he's like, what are they signaling? Signaling. I'm pretty sure they were playing paper, scissors, rock and Tom just wasn't playing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, And that's like, why they thought, ah, oh, bugger cover my Cover me, you know, wingman. Yep. And my other question, which has also been answered, uh, um, when they're being chased in the stolen plane, um, I was my question was, aren't they watching this on the radar? Shouldn't they send someone mm. to help? And they did. They then, do. then after I yeah. typed it out, they're like, oh, yeah. They send the hangman who does it on his yes. own. Um, yeah, I guess they reiterate a lot, like you know, it's pilot. You know, it's a pilot in the box. It's not the plane. Mm. Um, but there was definitely a. There's like you know, twenty odd years between the use of the F-14 and the the new super. Fifth generation sort of space planes. I think films uh, need to stop using present day. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a date. Yeah. Uh, Michael, questions, queries, um, oh, I had questions during the movie, but I didn't write them down. Um, I was just too in in the moment. That's why you take notes. Yeah, it's not how I roll. 
Uh, no, I don't think I've got anything. Uh, all right, I've got a few. Could you really eject at Mark Ten? What sort of? Because oh, that's that's fast, isn't it? It's what's well, ten times the speed of sound, and most like I think like Hornets do about Mark Two, Mark Two point five, maybe Mark Three. So this is three times that. Like imagine the drag on your body from that to out. just nothing. Yeah. So whether whether it whether it's not a normal shoot like it is, it's not just the chair. Whether it's a whole section which oh, protects him. Do you know how fast it is? It's three point four three kilometers per second. That's fast. That's fast. So I reckon ejecting. No, like you, if you're popping out at you know three point four three well, kilometers per second, take yeah. a second to which eject. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. As mm. later on. Uh, how do the students not recognise Maverick? Like, they're sitting there going, oh, thanks, Pops, blah, blah, blah. He's literally in a picture as they enter the base. <laughs> like, he's literally on the wall. Yeah. Shaking hands with- Oh, but they the haven't ad- been to that base. No, they're, that's at Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, but are they- like, That's you know, where they learnt. At the bar the day before, and then they rock up. No, but they've been there before. Mm. Oh, yeah, they, they all completed so. Top Gun. They've the been there for yeah, years. All the best of the best graduated Top Gun, et cetera, et cetera. But then, oh, actually, that's a right question. Um, if Bob, in this case, who was yep. with Phoenix, or the, the second plane in general, I can't mm-hmm. remember. Was it Funboy, I think? That, uh, Phoenix, I think. No, there's, there's Phoenix and Bob and there's Funboy and- Fanboy and- Fanboy and- I can't remember the other one. Um, I could look it up, but anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. So they've got the targeting- Right, so they're the ones that target. They yep. like lays the laser on. Paint. So I think they call it. They paint the they, target. They paint the target. So then the guys, the this guy in the single plane, can use his missiles. Why wouldn't you just put a couple of missiles on the targeting plane as well, which has already targeted it? Yeah. Put a couple of laser guided missiles on that. I did wonder. Like, then you don't need another two planes because you've got the four missiles you need. Yeah. No, I, that was peculiar. It's like you know you've already right there. You know, you've, you've painted the target. The other planes drop some bombs and you're right there. Just like, just, just. So I don't understand that. That yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. Um, Ooh, my question. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you lost it again. <laughs> what were we just talking about? You should make there. a note. Uh, he's literally that they've all been there. We're talking about it. He's at the, he was in the picture at the start. Is that the part? No. So no, no Bob's about gun. the second time. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, um, the, I think... Uh, Maverick t- drops on it. Like, you know, is it, for, you know, their whole life, but they've been told they're the best of the best. Like, but they don't fly like the best of the best. They fly like young people. <laughs> mm. It's like, mm. yeah. Yeah, they all lose pretty quick against Tom. Like, I thought someone might actually beat him in that little game they play at the start because yeah. they're good. They're supposed to be really yeah. good. So I wonder if they haven't, you know, yeah, they're the best of the best, but they're actually kind of like they're, they're okay. They're just newly out of like, you know, like Top Gun school. And it's like, all right, we can't use our very best pilots because they're a dime a dozen. They're, they're all super rare. But let's use some of our recent best of the best graduates. So they've got a high chance of succeeding, but it's not a great loss if we lose them. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, it's been 30 years of Top Gun since like since Maverick went there alone. So there yeah. must be a lot of best of the best. There's yeah. at least, you think that there's going to be eight or nine graduate each year. That's what, 240 best of the best? Yeah. And maybe there's some attrition there. So maybe you lost like, you know, 50 yeah, or 100. That's still a stack. Hmm. You know, that have been flying for longer than these. Maybe these people got more points than anyone else. Yeah. But anyway. Hmm. Now, the big question that I want to ask, did Maverick actually die at the start? 
when he ejected at Mark 10 because there is a theory that Maverick didn't survive and that this was whole, his ghost the whole time. This whole film is actually he's coming to terms with his mortality by imagining a happy life and future for both himself and the two people he loves the most, um, which is Penny and Rooster. Uh-huh. So if the theory is to believe, then the audience saw what the audience saw was actually Maverick's final thoughts. So when Val came out, Val Kilmer's Iceman, this is from uh, Screen Rant, um, when Val Kilmer's Iceman gives Maverick the advice to let go in terms of Rooster and his reservations about the mission, this may have been telling uh, Maverick telling himself that he needs to let go of his errors in order to move on and die, but gave the words to Iceman because of how highly he regarded his opinion. So there's a theory that it's not actually Tom Cruise or Maverick Doing all of this, he's actually died because, as I said, could you really eject at Mark Ten? But it's actually his his thoughts about you know to come to terms with his mortality, having this beautiful finish to his life where you know he's him and Rooster reconnect. He saves his life. Rooster saves his life. Yeah, he Penny comes and lives with him. Do you, want, do you want my honest opinion? Yeah. I think mean, this is dumb internet stuff. Probably, yeah. At <laughs> the end of the day, it's just a kick-ass movie, so who gives us stuff? Someone, can, someone trying to get clicks. It's <laughs> Exactly. It's screen rant for you. Like, you know, it's just let, an interesting theory, though. Yeah. That Let's rake up the dumbest shit that people have said. Oh, look at that. Someone thinks that like it's a theory that Maverick's actually dead. And I was like, oh, my God, it's a dumbass period. Like, if that was a theory, they would have his funeral at the end. Or they yeah, would, it would be. It you'd kind of have that. But, you know, you think about it, though, the like the fashion hasn't changed from when from Top Gun, the original to this. They're all still wearing jeans and white t-shirts, present Hawaiian day shirts. Yeah. What's still present? Day. I mean, You're right, Glenn. I have Hawaiian shirts. Like Hawaiian shirts are still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I do wonder whether you know, and it all wrapped up in a beautiful little bow. So yeah, I don't know. It's just a fan theory. And really, we asked, could you eject it, Mark? And you said no. So I mean, you I could. Wonder. I mean, I wonder if you'd be like there would be no consciousness left. It'd be like yeah. paste. But you know. I imagine a um, spaceship that goes at Mach 10 um, is different from, a, you know, F-14 with its kind of thing. It probably has That's a- why in his, in his t- death dream that he's, he's dying in this one split second of death dream, he's like, oh, she can be Jennifer Connelly in this. Yeah. And, and I'll reimagine- Maybe I'll put John Hamm in because he's not that, that scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think in the end of the, at the end of the day, these people have got wasted too much time on your hands. Just oh. enjoy the freaking movie. It's awesome. Like- Screen rant keeps popping up on my Facebook feed and sometimes I click it because it's clickbait and just gone, that's dumb. I've wasted time my time. Stop screen <laughs> I do not want to read you anymore. And you go, no, go away for 30 days. But then it comes back and you go, ooh, Ooh, what's this one? <laughs> Stupid screen rant. Uh, all right, Michael, over you for trivia. Ah, trivia. Okay. Um, wait a minute, I had it up a second ago. I did have a thing there. My bad. Ah, there it is. Okay. Um, according to Miles Teller, the cast got to choose their own call signs. He chose Rooster because it was in the same family as Goose. Oh, touching. Hmm. Um, I still want to, you know, walk. That's wouldn't, the you gone, wouldn't you have gone Gander, which is a male goose? Maybe. Um, Why would you choose Bob? Yeah. <laughs> I love Bob. I reckon, I reckon it's a great sign, a great call sign. That is a cool one. Because his name's Robert. Uh, okay. <laughs> Um, the film is dedicated to the memory of original Top Gun director Tony Scott, who mm. died by suicide in August 19th, 2012, yeah, at the age of 68. Yeah, well. 
Um, he'd be developing his own version of the sequel before his death. Um, the roof of the shack next to Ed Harris wasn't supposed to be lifted when Maverick flies past. However, they only had one chance to shoot it, so this was a very lucky occurrence. As the Darkstar is only a fly- non-flying mock-up, the actual plane being used was cloned out and an image of the Darkstar was composited over it. It does look cool. Oh, it looks super sleek. That was I love good. sleek planes. <laughs> no, but even the way... Just the like, roof coming up. The roof good. coming off, mm. like it did look awesome. Yeah. And Ed Harris is standing there just going... Yeah, <laughs> so hardcore. Um, the actors playing pilots are not only uh, not only had to film themselves turning the camera on and off, uh, they also had to touch up their own makeup, uh, adjust their lighting, and handle their own sound. Sometimes the director had to wait on the ground for hours for the actors to return with the footage. Adjustments would be made after viewing the footage, and the actors would have to go back up for another take. Oh shit! Jeez, you'd want to make sure you didn't stuff up a, yeah. a lot of times because I'm tipping it's not a cheat to just put it in a studio. Point. How hard is it? That's what makes it so good. Yeah, I mean realism. Um, again, to Miles Teller, three of the six new actors threw up every day of filming in the jets. Hmm, you'd have to be on a clean up there. Tom Cruise personally designed a three-month aviation training course for the new actors to become ready to handle their riding in an F-18. Of course he did. Um, Val Kilmer told Entertainment Weekly, Weekly that it was like no time had passed when he uh, was on set with Tom Cruise again, and it was fun too. We blew a lot of takes laughing so much, the 62-year-old stated, stated. It was really fun and special. That's nice. Mm. That's good. Uh, okay, so... Um, oh... This is, I thought this was really cool. This is a really cool technical part. After extensive flight training and on-the-ground preparation, actors joined professional pilots to hit the skies for 90 minutes at a time, uh, a few times per day, and had to hit their marks, check lighting and makeup, remember their eye lines, and turn on the cameras themselves while airborne. This meant that uh, Claudio Miranda, who was a cinematographer, um, who relied on the sun as his primary light source, prepped each day by studying flight paths and weather patterns, weather patterns in order to set camera exposures before liftoff. With no live film feed to track on the ground, it made for some nervous waiting periods for Miranda. It got really nerve-wracking because it was really hard to predict. I just set one exposure, basically, uh, because we're not auto-exposing the cameras and they're really specific. Uh, so I'd have to look 50 miles ahead uh, where they're going and know the train and how deep they're going to go and then set the exposure and hope on the way over there the Shit. weather doesn't change. Bloody hell. Yeah. I think, like, you know, to add to that, he developed a camera system to go in the F-18s. Like, he spent 15 months doing it. Like, you know, um, like setting up, I think they were using Sony, um, I did saw that before, there was Sony Venice Systems? Cameras. Yeah. Sony cameras. Mm. Yeah, oh no, the, the type of camera, because they've got a few ones, um, like, you know, I've got the... Video. <laughs> Video camera. <laughs> no, but, like, Sony have done some really compact, like, cinema cameras now, so they've got, like, um, uh, the FX3, which is kind of quite small, I've got the, the, the brother, which is the FX30. And the FX3 is the one they shot the creator on, and it's like it's this big, like it's tiny, like you know, so and it's got a um, 4K sensor in it, uh, but you can really build them up. Anyway, the yeah, the Sony Venice, um, Sony video camera, video yep. camera, cool <laughs> lenses, um, yeah. So anyway, he, there was a whole system he made. Um, okay, because uh, she suffers from a cri- crippling fear of flying. Tom Cruise helped co-star Jennifer Connelly overcame her pho- overcome her phobia by taking her for a ride in his 1946 vintage P-51 Mustang, a World War II plane he has owned since 2001. Oh, uh, that's going to help you overcome your fear, some really, yeah. really old plane. Let's yeah, go that's for right. a fly. Um, 
I, I imagine that stems from the time he took her up and, like, you know, uh, you know, back in the 80s, in the, the admiral's daughter. The admiral's daughter in the hall. Yeah, she's yeah. been scared since then. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Tom Cruise is now older than Tom Skerritt was when he played Viper in the original film. Um, Skerritt was 53 in 1986 and Tom Cruise was 56 in 2018 when the film uh, movie was filmed and 59 when uh, it premiered. Well that's, well, that's the thing. This was actually brought out in, filmed in 2019, but COVID put a halt to it, I think. That's why it came out 2022. Would it just been the editing? Or? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Um, Tom Cruise was actually approached about a Top Gun sequel in 1990 while promoting The Bourne on the 4th of July. But at the time, Cruise said that it would be irresponsible to make a sequel. It wasn't in 2010 until producer Jerry Bruckheimer and the director of the original film, Tony Scott, had enough of a compelling sequel story in order to get Cruise to officially say yes. Although Cruise was ultimately, um, uh, although Cruise and ultimately Val Kilmer were interested in participating in the sequel, um, was put in jeopardy when Scott sadly took his own life in 2012. It took a number of years to develop enough compelling story for a sequel to materialize. Um, I think there was one in here about Val Kilmer as well. Um, Basically, I think I can't find the specific one, but uh, Val, like uh, Tom Cruise insisted Val Kilmer be in the film, like you know, really wanted that to to be a thing. Yeah. Um, and in with both Goose in Top Gun nineteen eighty six and Roost in the sequel, Tell Maverick, come on, Mav, do some of that pilot shit. Nice. Which was my quote earlier. Mm. All right, beautiful. Oh. All right. Oh, sorry, go. Okay. Well, Harold Falamata received credit because significant portions of the iconic musical score from Top Gun 1986 were reused in this film. There you go. Oh, very mm. good. Which it, it does. It just borrows from that. Hmm. Uh, final thoughts and ratings. Obviously, we do rate out of 10. 10 being a fantastic film, 0 being a terrible film, and 5 being somewhere in between. Uh, Michael, I'll go to you first. Um, I think it's a... Hmm. Uh, <laughs> the the worst part of my head. It's a war porno. Um, <laughs> if you like, if you like uh, military hardware going at it, uh, which is you know people do um, love that sort of stuff. Um, then it's a it's a it's a really good film. Um, I think overall, we like like as an action, it's kind of that sort of training one, and it tries to it does like it hits those you know similar beats to to Top Gun the original one. Um, and for me, it was nostalgic in that way. Like, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, this bit you recognise and that kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, we finally see what's happened to um, to Goose's son. Um, but really, I mean, and like, yes, a great sequence of jets, but I think even which are better than the original. Um, and their mission is a little bit more substantial, um, it feels like. Mm. Uh, and it's thrilling to watch. Uh, but it's just kind of entertaining. It's a good sort of action film. It's, I don't think it's, you know... Academy Award-winning brilliant, but then again, they've all kind of been weird films anyway. Um, so for me, it's a it's a seven. Nice, uh, Glenn. Yeah, this is way better than Top Gun, I think. Um, yeah. Which to me was a romance, and this and you like romances, mm. yeah. But this was way better, yeah. Um, except it was until someone died, and then they flew planes around. It's boring. <laughs> uh, but this one was really good, and it just. Uh, yeah, the mission was really tense and um, lots of good flying scenes. And um, I don't think you, yeah, like you said, I don't think you need to see the first one to enjoy this one, mm. um, except for the present day issue, which lost five points. Um, <laughs> for me, this is a seven out of ten. Yeah, I think you know it's. Um, so you would have given it a twelve yeah. if you had yeah. been present day. Yeah. 
Um, I put a few points back on because I felt bad. It's interesting. Like, you know, much like the original film, it doesn't have that solid villain. Like, there's no kind of, like, you know, bad guy or anything like that. It is just there is the enemy and we may encounter them. Yeah. Well, technically, the first one doesn't have a villain either. Yeah. Because, no, and, but, yeah. And that's why I'm saying it's like there's very similar to that. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, the, you know, they state their adversary is getting the mission done in time um, and getting out and getting home. Hmm. Uh, all right. So, for me, uh, I'm not sure there's a more satisfying movie from start to finish than this. I just, I love it from the opening scenes to, to the end. I think it's just done really well. Uh, it's just great. It's great fun. It moves perfectly. It, it doesn't feel like it's over two hours. Uh, no one can be offended. It, it doesn't look to offend anyone. I mean, we're not attacking anyone. It's just some nuclear site somewhere. Iran. <laughs> um, I thought it might have been Syria as well. But anyway, uh, it's fun. It's funny. The action's incredible. We get a great fun hero. We get a hero's journey for Rooster. Everyone wins in the end, uh, and really, it's just a bloody fun two and a bit hours. So for me, it's a nine point nine five. Nine point nine five, Scott. Nine point nine five. It would have been a ten had they played Danger Zone when they took off in the uh, in the Hornet in, the, in the Tomcat. They're no, they need to play it again yeah. because. Do you know Kenny Loggins actually re-recorded Highway to the Danger Zone for it, but Tom said no. I mean, it would have been a great opportunity to do the re-record right there. Yeah, they should have put it in. That would have got a perfect ten had mm. they put it in when he took nine point nine five, not point seven five or anything. Is no, that nine point nine five? They doing, lost point, literally point doing those oh five now. because they didn't play Danger Zone when the Tom, when the F fourteen Tomcat took off. But anyway, uh, so with a nine point nine five from me, a seven oh, yeah. from you two, that gives a total score of twenty three point nine five. <laughs> Which puts it in the number four spot, nudging uh. Galaxy Quest down to five. That's okay. Hmm. So, Galaxy Quest was obviously 23.25, which is I mean, just I didn't know we could do point nine five. So I think I gave that a 10 anyway. So, Well, you did. Yeah. Uh, and it is just behind our, our two best film or two second best films, Get Out and Happy Gilmore on 25.5. And Jurassic Park is still our number one movie at 26.5. Mm. 2.05 uh, with- increments now. Well, look, and yeah, that's new. I mean, I six, thought quarters was a so hard. Right. <laughs> six <laughs> Underground is uh, our worst film on eleven point two five. Harshly treated by some. Oh, if I could have given it zero point zero five, maybe I would have. But I didn't know we could do in that. <laughs> well, you gave it a zero, so why would you? Be, you would have actually given it more. So, but that would have because the credits. Credits. That's always uh, all right. Obviously, socials. So we can be found on Twitter at Cinematic Leap is our handle, uh, or on Facebook. Just search for Cinematic Leap. We can be found where all major podcasts can be found. Obviously, Spotify, Audible, all those. We can be found at our website, cinematicleap.com. You can listen to this. Uh, you can listen to us directly from there. It's also, you can also see all the scores, all the films we've done over the last three seasons, uh, and even a little bit about us. Uh, we do ask that you rate and share us. Uh, tell your friends. Tell everyone. Um, hopefully rate us nicely. Uh, it'd be great because obviously we do want to grow uh, and yeah, continue to grow our listenership. Uh, outside of that, Michael, it's now time for our... Cinematic Loop. All right. So I get to hand the mantle over to Glenn for the final three episodes of season three, mm, which is yes. a lot. So. I'm guessing most people might skip the next three. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Look, I, I hope they don't, Glenn, because last season you gave us the menu. Yes. Weird. Yes. Um, and then there was that film that was a bit rough, which was the- Promising. 
Yeah, uh, we had yeah. the last year, uh, last season. Glenn went the menu, weird, the Al Yankovic story, and promising young woman. Yeah, yeah. and then you know that was the the most challenging film of the of your trio. But like the menu was really good. But it was a mix. Yeah. Mixed and it up. Weird was fun, so you know I'm looking forward to this journey, Glenn. Mm. <laughs> Hang on, before we go into that, let's just have a look at what he was in season one. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats, Serendipity, and High Fidelity. Mm. A couple of pills in there too, which I gave a total across all three of eleven. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't a big fan, but Michael was a lot higher than I was. Mm. Uh, Glenn, where are we going? Well, I've changed my tactics. Tactics, not that we have tactics, but you know, that first season I was just going for my favorite films, you know, that I could leap from where we were. And so, you know, those were some of my favorites um, that I love. And if I did that again, we'd probably end up going to Titanic and La La Land and The Notebook or something. But I just, you know, everyone's seen them. There's probably hundreds of podcasts of them around. Yeah. So I'm just going to. Mix it up a little bit, still do, still do movies I love, but um, ones that maybe you guys maybe you both haven't seen or mm. maybe um, that are fun to talk about or maybe that I just haven't seen and I just want to watch again. Um, so, yeah, with this movie, you can leap. There's so many, so many ways you can go with this movie. You can go to La La Land, which mm. I did bring with me. I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> but I might, might not do that. And, and there was another movie that I wanted to go to, but can't directly get there from here that I watched the other week called Strays. Anyway, um, what we're going to go to is, I think it's About Time, that we watched About Time. About Time. About Time. We're leaping there with a- uh, No, Siri, shut up. Um, <laughs> we are leaping there with a sound guy, oh, and his name is, sorry, my phone, Siri thought I was talking to her. And maybe you were talking to Siri hmm. another time. Sure okay, there are two two sound people, James Matha and Jed Lauren. They uh-huh. both they both worked on About Time. Oh, there you go. Um, they both were so about pick, top pick who you want. Yeah, they both were on Top Gun Maverick mm. as well. They both have done lots of Harry Potter. They've both done lots of Mission Impossible. But they've also um, done this movie About Time, which I really love. It's Is it a documentary about time. It's a time travel romantic comedy. Right. Have you seen it? No. Oh my god, you're gonna. Oh, have you seen it? No. Oh, we're gonna have fun. <laughs> yeah, we are, Glenn. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we'll be the judge of that. But uh, yeah, oh, time travel romance. What can bring, go? What could possibly go wrong? With bring the time bring your tissues. Or bring your tissues. Oh well, oh. hopefully Scott's got some here. Yeah, I'll have some. For it's you gonna be a fun, <laughs> fun time for everybody. I do like to emotionally engage with a film. Oh, oh, very good. Let's do it. All right. Well, look, Glenn, I'm looking forward to your next three films. Obviously, starting off with About Time. Uh, so listen to everyone, listen to us next time when we review that film. Thank you all for listening to our review of Top Gun Maverick. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. You're dismissed. Take the Chevy to the living. And like that, he's gone. Ah! In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic Leap.